Hello and welcome to Thinking Outside the Box. I'm Tim Box. And I'm Britt Box. We talk about all things to do with your mental health, emotional well-being and how to navigate your own mind in these strange times. But we're not doctors, so please don't confuse any of our advice for medical advice. And even though we do tend to come at it with a light-hearted approach, please don't think we trivialise any of the things we talk about on this podcast because we certainly don't. But because we come from a different perspective, we've called it Thinking Outside the Box. Okay, Brit, it's episode 19. It is. Amazing. Now, if I was thinking before when I was doing my notes, if I actually, if we did have a high-tech uh, podcasting studio. Which we don't. This would be the point where I would drop in some samples from Paul Hardcastle's 1985 classic, 19. What are you talking about? Do you not know the song 19? You've lost me and 99.5% of the people who listen to this. Here's the thing, right? All six people who listen to this podcast. They're all out now. They're out. Lost. Look. (laughs) There's, there's a certain generation that absolutely know what I'm talking about. Oh my about. God, when you know you reach a certain age when you start talking about, there's a generation, they don't know they're born. <laughs> no, no, honestly. You They've never had this. a Freddo for 5p. Everyone my age, this is exactly why we know the average age of the American soldier in the Vietnam War was 19 years old. I because mean, we were told this in a song in 1985. Earlier today, listeners, Tim came into the kitchen and he said to me, we don't have to worry about making this, this podcast exceptionally long. And then he comes in with an obscure reference that nobody gives a shit about look i thought i would mention the song you'd go something like no 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 19 and then we'd move on <laughs> because if it's not year 3000 i'm not interested, <laughs> exactly. I'm not interested. also it's like yeah it might be three years before you were born but your favorite film is back to the future released in 1985, 1985. it's because it's the best film ever made of all time and, and i won't be taking any questions on that to be fair paul hardcastle's 19 is not comparable in quality it has to be said <laughs> it was it was the first song that kind of lent into sampling as opposed to any discernibly catchy tune so it, anyway research yeah it. you've lost me you've lost me I, I, I'm sure I'm going to get a swathe of people messaging saying, we know 19, Tim. Anyway, 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 if we could. Anyway, what the hell are we talking about today? Jesus. Um, <laughs> We're talking about, can people really change? Can they really change? And why are we talking about this in particular? Well, this stemmed from the fact that, listeners, you might think I sound a bit different today. You might not notice, but I, I feel a little bit out of it. And I'm not okay because I've been taken out by hay fever. Taken out. I've been taken out. Now, I need to know this. Um, and if anyone's listening and has any sort of personal experience in this, please do hit me up. Let me know. So I am 33 this year. For 29 years of my life, I had never, ever suffered from hay fever. Not mm. once, not a single sniffle. Nada, nothing. And yet today... And then three years ago, around the time I turned 30, um, it just it hit me like a, a pollen bomb. Just... <laughs> so I'm imagining a pollen bomb now. <laughs> That's what they and say on the news sometimes. When the pollen's really high, they say we're experiencing a pollen bomb. Also, I'm imagining uh, a bomber that's coloured like a bee uh, <laughs> delivering pollen bombs. Like a spitfire, but a bumblebee. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I'd never had hay fever until three years ago, and now every year from mid-May to mid-July, I feel like shit. Is this, <laughs> hang on, is this the reason why? Because you've never suffered with it before, is this the reason why you complain about it so much now? Probably. It's, it's awful. My eyes are itchy, my nose is running, I'm on strong antihistamine, so I don't know what day it is. Not that I know what day it is anyway. Um, but mm. I would like to say uh, that segues nicely because um, obviously I've changed as a person. Well, as in you've got hay fever yes, now. Yes, I'm now Brilliant. a hay fever sufferer. Um, no, the reason the I evolution wanted... evolution of man. 
<laughs> the reason I wanted to talk about this is because um, in the news lately, uh, this week, there was uh, an England cricketer. Oh, do you know what? I've literally just looked at his name and it's gone. Um, it's gone I think it's Ollie, Ollie Robinson. That's what I'm going with. Might be Let's wrong. Let's go with that. Let's, Let's go with that. Play. It sounds like a, a, a white guy's cricket name, you know, Ollie Robinson. <laughs> um, and he has been either he's been suspended for uh, tweets that he put out when he was 18. So I don't know how old cricketers tend to be, but I think he's only I think he's in his sort of mid to late twenties now as it is mm. anyway. But but when he was 18, he tweeted some. Um, racist uh and sexist um tweets and Mm -hmm. these comments and he's been suspended for them right and he's come out and he's apologized and he said you know i'm i've grown i'm Mm -hmm. i'm not that person i was and you know there can be a tendency to sort of go "Mm, are you just saying that now because you've got caught oh well absolutely yeah there's definitely a motivation to disown that version of you isn't there yeah or do we have the capacity for real change at a deep level? Well, this is, I mean, this is very topical, isn't it? Because the whole cancel culture discussion yes. that's going on in the media a lot of the time uh, and online, it's, um, yeah, it's all about cancelling people for things, a lot of the time, things they've done like quite a long time ago in the past. The person springing to my mind is James Gunn. Yes. Obviously, as Marvel fans. Director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and um, he had a load of tweets from his past, although he was, to be fair, a legitimately grown, educated adult at the time when he was putting those tweets out. This exactly, wasn't this yeah. wasn't a teenager that yeah. was just you know acting on impulse, trying to look cool. I was going to say trying to. Look, I think he was trying to look cool. Yeah, and I think that was his argument as to why he acted that way in yes. the past. But again, completely disowned that. Said I'm a different person now. I've grown. I've learned. Absolutely. Sort of like uh, who can honestly say that they think the same that they did when they were younger? You know, mm. I know personally. Um, I've put the work in and I've changed a lot around, um, you know, just, just a whole host of different topics around, you know, sexuality, around, around color, around race, around Mm. all this sorts of stuff. I have, I've educated myself Mm. on the things that, that, you know, are, are acceptable or not acceptable. We we can see this in fact as as culture moves on because certain things were acceptable in the old days and not so acceptable now. Well, here's the thing. They were only, and I use air quotes, acceptable in the old days because nobody, questioned them nobody mm. stopped them well know? that's what i mean we we generally we didn't think about these things so we were just adopting the attitudes of the people around us you know yeah, our yeah. parents and the people passing on their views and their beliefs one of the things that springs to mind was um i was watching a video the other day on youtube about the films of jim carrey um yes. why did i end up watching that i've no idea <laughs> but anyway i was um and they listed ace ventura and he mentioned that if you rewatch Ace Ventura now, which was obviously amazingly popular, yeah. um, actually, you know, probably that was the single film that made Jim Carrey an absolute international superstar. Yes. But there's a lot of really dodgy transgender stuff in it yeah. because the villain is transgender and there's a lot of kind of what we would class now as incredibly sketchy jokes about yes. about that side of things. Yeah. So, and it doesn't translate well. It doesn't age well. No, and I think I think ageing well, this is the thing as well, because, you know, people talk about, obviously, Friends mm. is, you know, a, a worldwide phenomenon, a staple, this, that and the other. Yeah, but yeah. Diversity very much lacking in well, in it. But but this is this is what what I'm getting at, I suppose, is the things that, you know, everyone's got that kind of old older relative who at Christmas will say a thing and and you know and it'll either go it'll go oh nan 
stop it, so you know. My friend Gemma literally has a nan. They simply refer to as racist nan. I mean, <laughs> and this is the thing. Now, here's here's where I think the boundary is. Mm. You have people like that where you you hear the phrase, oh, well, they're set in their ways now. Mm. Oh, they can't change now. Yeah. And I think that's fundamental bullshit. Yeah. I think you absolutely can change. You do have the capacity to change. Well, this is the one. We, we do change. Yeah. It's almost like without trying, we change. Mm. Because when I, like, to come back to the Ace Ventura thing, yeah. when I watched that film, I wasn't thinking, oh, that's a bit close, isn't it? That transgender yeah, stuff. Yeah. I just watched it, laughed along to the bits I thought were funny and got on with my life. And it's only now with retrospect when I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, how did how on earth did they get away with that? Yes. You know. So it, we are changing because as culture changes... Um, and and our influences change. Yeah, it's a natural a natural progression. Yes. you know we we literally can't stop it. Um, but yeah, but this is the interesting thing, isn't it? Because we're talking about what about those changes that we seek to make deliberately? Yes, and, and this is where we're talking about the cricketer and James Gunn, where it's like, okay, I, I now need to change. I need to change my views, or mm. this is going to get me in trouble. You know, we were we were talking as well about Louis C.K. Yeah, who and which is really. I was really upset about Louis C.K. I was annoyed because I thought he was one of the good ones. We thought he was one of us, didn't we? We thought he was one of the good ones. And then it turns out, if you don't know, Louis C.K. basically got in trouble because he was was massively um, abusing his position. Yes. Um, And... Well, he was exposing himself in front of in front of actresses and things that like was, that. Those were the words yeah. I was looking for in a tasteful yeah. fashion, but you did it quite well there. Well done. Um, he was getting yeah. his dick out. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was trying not to say. You know what I mean? But there's no there's no way of sugarcoating it, is there? No, there isn't, and it's awful, and it's and it's really really bad, and and there are a lot of things that happen, and people will do problematic things. So, like my one is J.K. Rowling. So oh, yeah. if you if you don't know, I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. Um, you know, I've got a Deathly Hallows tattoo. Like I, I had a Harry Potter birthday party when I was 30, by the way, not when I was 12. But um, you know, and I and I absolutely love it. And and J.K. Rowling, um, who who obviously penned the books, has come out to be just the worst. And and it's and it's really it's hurtful mm. to the people who are fans of these people as mm. well. Because then everyone gets separated into these two camps. It's, mm-hmm. yes, they're right. Or, no, they're clearly obviously wrong. Yeah. And I fall into the they're clearly obviously wrong um, yeah. section. But here's the thing. I can completely understand that over the years, as we grow, as we learn as people, nobody, nobody can hold their hands up and say, I'm a perfect, unproblematic, completely brilliant human being. Yeah. But I think there's a big difference between... Saying and doing something problematic and offensive. Yes. Then as you learn and grow, knowing what you did in mm-hmm. the past was problematic and offensive. Mm. Learning, changing, growing. Mm. Compared with, no, I know it's problematic and offensive, but I still don't see anything wrong with what I'm doing. I'm going to continue well, to do it. Allah, um, Mandalorian, my girl, my the, the one that I used to like. Oh, the lady played Gina Carano. Gina Carano, yeah, so yeah. So she... She knew again. All on Twitter. Twitter seems to be 
the thing, doesn't it? It's like people can't keep the thoughts in their head. They have to expose them constantly on Twitter in 140 characters. Well, I think, I think Twitter as well, you just put things out fairly quickly, don't you? Mm. It's not like a thought-through post that you've... I mean, I, I put something on TikTok today. Jesus Christ, it took me about an hour to get it all edited <laughs> and get it up there. That's a 48-year-old man using TikTok I for you. I tell you something, TikTok is not easy to use. And you'll, <laughs> we'll get young people saying it's actually very easy. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. come back to me when you can HTML code a MySpace page. Go away. Amazing. Um, <laughs> but you know, but she she didn't see anything wrong with what she was talking about or posting, even though there there clearly was. So I think it's two different camps: people who want to change and people who don't. Well, that's that's a fundamental definition there, and this is you know to, to drag it back on track because yes. we're not here really to talk about cancel culture, and we're not here either no. to discuss certain political views and what's right and wrong. Because I, I don't... will say that was just the thing that prompted me to want to do this. Episode. Exactly, and but there is that very important distinction is that whether you want to change or you don't want to change. Yes. Yeah, so there's going to be certain ways that we change and we evolve without any effort at all and almost unable to resist those changes yes. because we come under influence as we go through life. But it's about, okay, if I see something about me that I don't like, am I in a position where I can make those changes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's something... So one of the things that I was very keen to change about me um, and, and, you know, fundamentally as I've gone through life, I want to be a better man. I want to be the best man I can be. Hmm. And I recognise that, I mean, we talked about this in the past. In old relationships, yeah, you know what? I've cheated on people in the past, yeah. you know, in my relationships. And, and we were talking about this idea of once a cheater, always a cheater, you know, that sort of thing. I but, despise that. Yeah, you don't like that phrase. No, well, you know, I've, I've cheated on people in the past. And, hmm. I, you know, I've cheated when I, when I was in unhappy relationships and I was, I was too cowardly to end the relationship instead. Yeah. But, you know, so both of, both of us sit here... As a married couple mm -hmm. who've been together, you know, nearly eight years this year, who have both openly admitted, yet yeah, we've cheated in other relationships, mm. but I know I'm not going to cheat in this relationship. And I well, know you're not going to cheat. And, you know, I've got no fears about you. You've got no fears about me. Exactly. Well, this is the thing. It's easy for us to say, oh, well, that was in slightly less serious relationships. You know, we, I don't think either of us uh, would, would necessarily say that we've cheated in what we would regard a really serious relationship, as in something that we, we've committed to. But it's not, I don't think it's our business here to excuse actions of the past because we're all going to make mistakes, you yeah. know, and I still wouldn't want to be a cheater, even in those casual relationships where I, where I embark, engage in that, yeah. that behavior. It's the version of me I'm not proud of, and I don't want to associate with in that sense, you mm. know, because here's the thing, we're all going to go through life, as I say, and make mistakes. Our job probably is to learn from those mistakes because that is how we grow. You know, yeah. we, we don't get things right first time. And if we do, we probably haven't learned much from doing so. Yes. We learn from cocking up <laughs> and then realising we've cocked up yeah. and then doing it different. I, I, was, I was thinking about this when I was prepping my notes for this podcast. There is this idea of if we do something wrong yeah. and we get punished for that wrongdoing. So using the example of a prison yeah, as, as a okay, social construct, right? Because right? a lot of the time... Have you people, been to prison? I haven't been to prison. So here's a fun He fact. said touch wood. I've, I've been in a prison cell. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> what, I mean, circumstances, please. <laughs> I knew someone that worked um, in the prison service and I was waiting for them to finish um, uh, once and um, I got asked, do you want to be locked up for a little bit? And I was like, all right, that'd be fun. So. Amazing. I mean, I think that says a lot about your character, but let's not delve too deeply there. To be fair, it was only like 10 minutes. But um, yeah, so I was in the... This, was... this doesn't class as if somebody says, have you been to prison? That doesn't mean you can legitimately say, yes, I've well, been to prison. So also, I used to live... This is really funny. I used to live... Um, 
round the corner from a prison. This is a different prison as well, by the way. I used to live round the corner from a prison in a town centre. And whenever I was, um, whenever I got a taxi or anything like that, mm. um, they'd be like, oh, where to, love? You know, I'd be like, oh, you know the prison? And they'd say yes. And I would say the street behind it because that's that's yes. where I lived. Um, occasionally, when I <laughs> say, um, you know the prison? I say, yeah, I'm like, there. And mm. the look I would get in the wing mirror, in the, in the <laughs> rear view mirror, the look I would get and I'm like, I'm clearly joking. Why would I be getting a taxi back to prison if I'd broken out? Well, this is it. You, you had a, you thought better of it. Before. <laughs> I've been become institutionalised yeah, and I've gone exactly, back. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, the, the, the thing is there, we confuse prison as a method of punishment. But yeah. really what it's about, obviously, is rehabilitation. You know, we have certain rules of society. Yes. When somebody demonstrates the inability to abide by those rules, we say, right, we've got to lift you out of society because you're going to break all the rules. Yes. Yeah? So we put you somewhere until you've learned not to break that rule again. This is why certain crimes have certain sentences, and this is why we have parole hearings, mm. because there is that point where we can say, right, I don't think you're going to do that again. I think you've learnt and you've changed. Yeah, I think and, you've been in here long enough, been uh, without things long enough to well, know. Well, this is it. And if we perceive somebody as having committed a crime where we don't believe they have the capacity to change, a la all of those murder podcasts that you listen to, yeah, <laughs> where they say, we will never be releasing you, you will never you be eligible for parole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's because we've said, well, look, it's not because you've done it so bad that I think we should take away your liberty forever. It's really what they're saying is, what you've done and the attitude you've expressed suggests there's no way you will ever learn your lesson not yeah. to do this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and no I think, Yeah, and this is the thing. So it's, What I think's funny is in Victorian, is it Victorian times? When people did, when people committed crimes or did things wrong, hmm. it's like right, you're going to get on a boat and go live in Australia. Yeah, and I found that I just find that whole concept hilarious, and I don't know why. Like I, and don't get me wrong, not hilarious because I know even even the the, the ship ride over mm. was very dangerous, and a lot of people lost their lives just mm. being sent there. Mm. But obviously, like just it's a long way, it was a know? long long way. But it's just the whole. I don't know. Oh, you, you stole a loaf of bread. Yeah. Oh, off to Oz you go. Well, that's it. The love. it we, don't, we don't want you here breaking our rules. <laughs> but Oscar, just sending them to Australia. I don't know. Oh. I've always found that bizarre. Also, these, Australia's a lovely place now. I mean, I know all the all the insects can kill you, apparently. But do you know um, what? Australia. The idea of Australia terrifies me. <laughs> the idea of Australia. I just, the concept of Australia. I'm not is okay. Troubling. I'm not okay with Australia in general, <laughs> and I think it's because. You know, I have a certain temperature that my body will go up to without, yeah. you know, expiring. Oh, God. When I arrived in Australia, yeah. it was 45 degrees C. I just I just couldn't. It, I just yeah. lay down on the floor and that would be that. I, I left the UK and we got on the train and it was snowing. Yeah. <laughs> the next time I was outdoors, it was the, the airport at Dubbo. And it was 45 degrees, yeah. I mean, did you get the flu? Like, I just feel like it'd make I, me ill. Whenever I went to Australia, I would always get crushingly ill straight away because I don't... Sickly child. Partly because of the the journey. And I think, you know, you're on a plane for 24 hours, so yeah. there's a lot of germs flying around, regardless of how much they spray those aerosols around <laughs> as you're getting off. Um, yeah, and it was just... I, I, I know what you mean, though. The trepidation about Australia, because you think, well, all the spiders... Everything can kill you. ...are deadly. Everything can kill you in Australia. Yeah. Oh, Everything. So, so here's the thing... Um, my my then father-in-law, who's an amazing guy, he's literally like Mick Dundee. He's just of the bush, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? 
Um, and we were walking through because he has a, a big farm in the out, in outback New South Wales. And we were walking through, and I was like, "Are there any snakes around here?" And he said, "Yes, yeah, so and make a lot of noise." <laughs> um, I'm like, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, the snakes don't want to attack you, and they want to avoid you. Right. Uh, so if you make noise, they'll move out the way." And he said, "To be honest, they can travel faster than you anyway." Brilliant. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so even if I ran, the snake could chase me down. <laughs> Um, but that was that was a bit of a yeah that was a bit of a scary. This was thought. like the conversation we had yesterday. Yesterday we went to the cinema and we went to go see um, a Quiet Place too. Mm. Very good, very good film. Amazing, film. highly recommend. Yeah. And on our way out, we kind of said, look, if 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 it came to it, and there were zombies or there were monsters <laughs> or there was something, and my survival depended on me being able to run to safety, what did I say I would do? You would just drop on the floor and say, "No, I'm going to die." Yes. <laughs> you oh, go, I'm no. I've had a lovely life. Uh, I'm not running from this. You'd be like that kid that's had enough at the shops. And says, no, <laughs> no, carry me. <laughs> and, I would just, and I would just fall on the floor and die, and that would be that. Amazing, amazing. But yeah, uh, we've segued slightly. Where were but we? anyway, <laughs> where were we? What were, what were we talking about? Yeah, so prison, we're talking about Australia. prison. Yeah, yeah. But the point being that even our justice system rep- recognizes the capacity for change. Yes. And that's the point of it that when somebody is released from prison, so my mum used to work with ex offenders, she used to find them jobs. She yeah. used to, interestingly enough, one of the schemes my mum set up was she got ex-offenders to install all the security systems in buildings, <laughs> which I just thought was hilarious. That is it's really like, funny. That's, that proves that you trust them now. But obviously, who are you going to get to secure your building? Someone who's used to breaking into them, probably. <laughs> um, but anyway, again, segue. But the point being that, that we have the capacity for change yeah. because we are simply not the same person as we were. We have this, um, this character trait. It's a psychological thing. As human beings, this propensity to think that we finished our journey of learning. Yes. So we look back on us five years ago and we think, God, look at me then. All the things I was doing then, I just didn't know how, what, it was, what it was all about. Now, now I know. Yeah, you know we, yeah. And we think we're now full in all of our knowledge. Yeah, then in five, absolutely not. <laughs> in, five, in five years' time, we'll look back on us now and think, oh my God, why did I say that? What were they thinking? You know? I know. We never stop learning and we never stop changing. It's as simple as that. However, there are some people who will refuse to even accept the idea that they need to change. And by that, I mean, you know, you do get the people that are like, no, no, no. Like, I've, I'm perfect as I am. Everything I think is fine. Everything I do is fine. Everything I am is fine. Mm. You do get the people that just are so set in their ways. And the thing that always makes me laugh is uh, one of our friends was on a, a dating uh, website. And she found out that a lot of people had described themselves as what you see is what you get. And she was like, <laughs> so you're completely one dimensional then. You're just, uh, yeah. you're just, there's nothing of you. There's, there's nothing to discover. No, no hidden depths. No, this is, this is <laughs> it. And like, and I, I can't help but think that you know it couldn't be further from the truth. But there are, as I say, there are some people you do hear it. You know, you hear people they get to a certain age and they're like, "Well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks." Yeah, and they justify staying the same and not doing the work to change because, oh well, it's you know I, I, I'm all in now on this way of doing things. I think as well, it's you do get people actively resisting change. I think because they couldn't handle the feelings of guilt that they were wrong previously yes and, and, and their actions what? are wrong so this is actually something that i find really interesting is that i i have noticed in the past i don't know 20 years maybe mm. a big cultural shift from yeah. if you said something and someone corrects you mm-hmm. you know it used to be Oh, was I wrong about that? I'll do some research into it. Okay, mm. thank you. Thank you for helping me expand mm. my mind. Now, 
it's like no actually you're wrong about that well it's my opinion yeah it's my opinion. Uh, everyone's freedom of speech opinion. yeah also exactly. can i just say i just want to say this right now because it's been getting right on my wick lately <laughs> i've been seeing a lot on on the socials this is why i come off i've come off facebook massively because like, mm. i hate it over there i hate it over um, there over the there facebook land. on the facebook land you know where people will say things that are awful and then say well, it's my freedom of speech. It's my freedom of speech. You know, mm-hmm. I've looked up. Do you know what? I like the voice you're doing well, for that person. Because you know who I'm talking about. It's that kind <laughs> of person. Um, I've looked up freedom of speech literally means that you have the freedom to criticise the government without fear of being arrested. Mm. Not... <laughs> you can say what you like without any impunity. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. that you can slag off random people on the internet that mm. you don't know. I think the one I saw, um, Stacey Solomon, right? Yeah. Um, I have no real feelings on Stacey Solomon either way. I think she's nice. I think Who's she's Stacey Solomon? Yeah, I know she, the name. She was on X Factor years ago. Yes. She's she's married to Joe Swash. Or she's oh. with Joe Swash. I don't think they're married. But she's with yeah. Joe Swash. They have children. Yeah. And she's she seems lovely. I follow her on social media. She seems really nice. Yeah. And she's done a clothing... Uh, I promise you this is relevant. She's oh, done no. she's done a clothing collaboration with a company. Um, and I saw her advert, essentially, for this clothing brand mm-hmm. on Instagram, on social right. media. And someone had taken it upon themselves to comment underneath it, saying something along the lines of, someone needs to tell her her smile looks fake in this. I know. And someone had replied underneath that saying, no, they like, what's wrong? Who hurt you? Basically. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then she put underneath that, well, it's my freedom of speech. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. It's just you being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop being a dick on social media. Anyway, mm. but what I'm saying is, is I've gone massively off topic, but freedom of speech doesn't mean that. Um, and people, I feel there has been this this change where mm. now people aren't open to changing their opinion or finding out information that could change their opinion. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and they'll justify it by saying, well, we all have our right to our opinion and things like that. But there's, rather there's a really than, good... Because it, it does feel to me like someone's walked into a maths class and the teacher's gone, two plus two equals four, and someone's gone, well, I think it's five. Yeah. And the teacher's gone, no, no, I actually know yeah. two plus two equals four. Mm. And someone's gone, well, that's it's my opinion, so I'm going to stick there. Well, there's there's a really a well-known like illustration, isn't there, of two people standing either side of a number painted on the yes. floor and one says it's a nine and one says it's a six and the thing is both these people are right from their perspective and it's and then somebody posted <laughs> this again and commented actually one of them is wrong yes because when the number was drawn on the floor it was meant to be either a, a six, six or, or a, a nine. nine yeah and if we looked around and we oriented ourselves to what what was around us like the streets and the and the path and all yeah. that sort of thing we, we would realize we would realize which way it's meant to be facing and we'd know categorically is it a six or a nine yes and that's a lot of the point sometimes is that yeah you know what we do have our right to have our opinion but it's okay if somebody points out when you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your I think, opinion is not fact. Yeah, there was. I read something the other day about you know somebody that that I follow saying you know always always be prepared to accept that the person in front of you knows something you don't. Exactly. Because they absolutely hundred percent do. Exactly. Yeah, and and if we're willing to learn from that person, we'll probably become a better version of ourselves. But if we're resisting change, all we're doing is saying right. The way I am now is the way I will always be. I will, I will put all my energy into remaining the same. Yeah. And that's actually, although we, you know, we do have a natural fear of the unknown as human beings, that's fair enough, but it's not our best version of ourselves. It's not actually what we're here to do is simply stay the same. Yeah. We're here to 
fulfill our purpose. We're here to become the best version of ourselves we can be because ultimately that's what we will find fulfilling and will bring us joy and happiness is being able to look in the mirror and say, you know, I'm getting better all the time. Every improvement that I make, yeah. yeah? It's, it's no coincidence, yeah, that when people stop having a purpose, you know when people go into retirement yeah. and you get those two types of people, one that just does nothing and say, well, I feel like I'm useless now, I've got no purpose. Yeah. And one that just starts, right, I'm getting hobbies, I'm doing this, I'm going to... Starts I'm a get, DIY. Yeah, it starts a new business, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> those people seem to live longer than the people who just seem to lack purpose. When yeah. they, do you know what I mean? Because that's what fuels us, is our, our endeavours. Well, that's one of the reasons I... I had a massive crisis, didn't I? Because I'd built up this this whole big business as, as she who bakes, mm. and then I didn't really bake much anymore, and I didn't really, I didn't really enjoy, baking, really enjoy baking much anymore. Yeah, it yeah. was just so it became this thing of, oh, well, who am I? Yeah, and I just felt I felt really lost, and I, I just like, I feel like you're standing on a mountaintop screaming, "Who am I?" Yeah, that, do you know what? That's what it felt like. Yeah, but it just you know we all. So I think back to when I was sort of in my teens. When I think back to to when I was eighteen, kind of thing, mm. and. Even though I think a base level, I'm pretty similar, you know, I'm still funny, I'm still quick witted, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still moderately intelligent, you know, I'm, I'm, but I have changed in so many ways and thank God, yeah, because I don't want to be the same person I am when I was 18. I know we've spoken about this in a previous episode, but Mm. we talk about the people who well, you know, we're popular at school and yeah, um, yeah. now still hang out with all their schoolmates, like, all the time. Mm. And it's all, you know, all they talk about is, like, the school days and this, that, and the other. Mm. And they've got to, you know, and you kind of think, well, have you not changed? Have you not yeah, grown? Yeah, yeah, Like, I, the relationship, a relationship I was in for five years that I got with in my um, early, like, late teens, sorry, mm. and ended in my sort of mid-twenties. Mm. And I remember at the time they said to me, well, you've changed. And I'm like, well, I bloody hope so. Yeah, of course. You know, so it's, and I don't see why you've changed mm. is seen as a bad thing. Here's the thing, though. The people around you are going to absolutely be most comfortable if you remain exactly as you are now. Yeah. Because that doesn't challenge them. Yeah. It allows them to compartmentalise you, put you in a little box in their mind and yeah. say, right, that's nice and comfortable. Yes. So as soon as you change they're going to naturally resist that because that's now stretched their comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's okay to perceive resistance to your changes, but carry on anyway. Yeah. Because you're not there to keep other people happy. You know, and I'm not saying that as in everyone be selfish. I'm saying that I am. understand your self-interest is paramount. Yeah. That's what you're here to do. The only person you're here to keep happy is you. Yeah. And that's your duty to you. And you've got to step up and, and fulfil that duty, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Bear that responsibility. Absolutely. Like, you know, uh, bringing it back to sort of the, the things that I've changed. I remember maybe about a year ago. It might have been a bit more mm. than a year ago because it definitely wasn't in, in the pandemic or the lockdown or anything. Mm. But I got a, an Instagram DM out of the blue from somebody who I don't know who just said... Um, I've noticed on your, <laughs> I've noticed on your stories, you're you're not baking every day. <laughs> wow! And I'm like, how dare you? Yeah, it's like this is the thing people put you in boxes, yeah. like you say, they put you in a certain category of oh, you do the thing, mm. you know, and then when you don't do the thing anymore, you become mm. a slightly different, updated version of you. Yeah, it can take everyone else a little bit longer to update. Yeah, you know, you see the changes exactly. immediately. Yeah, but other people don't. So, like, you know, when I was. Um, when I was really depressed, you know, I, mm. I've, you know, I've got my own sort of um, relationship with depression. That's the best way I can put it. You know, it kind of goes, it ebbs and flows like a river. You know, it's that, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and I know when I've been in a really bad place years ago, before I met you, mm. I would seldom walk past a mirror mm. without looking at myself and saying, 
you're nothing, you're a piece of shit. Like, oh, wow. I used to hate myself. Mm. I really hated myself. And then I realised, oh, that's not getting me anywhere. No. So I changed. Mm. And, you yeah. know, it didn't, it wasn't overnight. No. And it took a long time. And, and by the time I'd realised, okay, actually, I'm speaking a lot more kindly to myself nowadays, yeah. it took weeks before a close friend of mine said, mm. what are you doing differently? Something's, something's changed. Yes. Exactly. So I think as well, if you do make any changes to your, your mental health, your well-being, your life, know that the people around you will take twice as long, if not longer, Absolutely. to update who you are in their sort of filing system. Yes, exactly. Because everyone is really ultimately only interested in themselves and i don't say that in a bad way no i say that in a really really good way yeah yeah well this is this is the thing i think we've got to we've always got to remember is that when we when we make changes it's okay if other people aren't aren't completely on board with them but but and also we're a product of our environment it's it's to such a great degree Mm. so if the way if the life you lead and the people you're with have created this version of you then it's likely that it will take a bit of effort to change that version of you because you're kind of going against the grain of everything that surrounds you. Mm. Um, And, you know, I've had a lot of people that come to see me who, you know, I could, if I were a life coach, I might be saying, okay, you might need a new group of friends here. You know, because, you know, I would have somebody just as a hypothetical, um, although based on real events, (laughs) that, you know, come and say to me, okay, I want to stop doing cocaine when I go out of a weekend, Mm. you know. But all my mates do it. At the end of the night, it's what we all do. And I'm like, okay. At the end of the night... Well, yeah, you know, like when you finish down the pub and you go into the club, so not the end of the night. Like, but for say. someone like me, it would be the end of the <laughs> night. In fact, the end of the night would be about nine o'clock when other people are just starting to get down to serious drinking. <laughs> I was going to say, at the end of the night, you don't want to be doing it just before you go to bed. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? There, there's, a, there's a point in the evening where they would yes. they would say, away to the toilets with us now, that sort of thing. Can you I know? just say, I had a friend once invite me to something and he genuinely messaged me and was like, cool, it starts about 10. I was like... I won't be going. Brilliant. Have fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure it will be banging. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but this is the point. So, you know, a life coach version of me might have said, look, maybe you need new friends because yeah. that's the influence that you're coming under and you feel social pressure to do that with them mm. or you won't fit in with that group anymore. Mm. But the fact the person's sitting there saying, I don't want to be that person anymore. Yeah. Well, you know what? You you might need to find the people that this new version of you will fit in with. Absolutely. Yeah? And and the person and the type of people that will fuel and enhance this new, better version of you. Yeah. But having said that, you know, I don't think change is impossible, even if we remain in the same environment. No. Be- but it will take others, as you say, mm. longer to adapt to this new version of you and get comfortable with it. Yeah. But you know what? That's their journey. And yes. it's not for you to bear that responsibility of saying well, well you need to get happier with this you, oh, know? Yeah. you are you are not responsible for the version of you that lives in other people's heads that is profound have you read that somewhere no i made it up brilliant that's amazing that's <laughs> um can we can we get a t-shirt with a quote brit box i'll get I something on the quotes. wall i'll get something on the wall for i have me. many quotes i tend to accidentally steal quotes um what was the one <laughs> i accidentally stole a quote from thor or something what was it? Oh, it's what Frida says to Thor when she says um, the true measure of a man is not... Oh, what is oh. it now? Anyway. It was a banging quote. It's a very well. good quote. Now, whatever the quote is, I can't remember. But mm. I said that quote, I think on like an Instagram story or something. I said it somewhere. When it's something, she says, I think everyone fails at who they're meant to be. Ah, oh, that's it. Mm. Uh, everyone fails at who they're supposed to be. 
the true measure of a man is is being who you are or something like that yeah. i don't know i can't remember yes. anyway i said that somewhere and then the next thing i know like two weeks later someone had tagged me in a in a post and had put as Britbox says. Amazing. And then there was this quote, and I was like, I'm not going to tell them. The inspirational <laughs> wisdom of Britbox. That'll be your new, uh, your new book. It's because I know so many movie quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, of all the profound people to quote, um, a character in a Marvel film, it's like, I mean, to be fair, I quote Steve Rogers all the time uh, in terms of... Uh, Do you know what I keep quoting lately? It's Korg. Korg. What profound... Hello, my name is Korg. I'm kind of like the leader around here. I made a box, but don't let that intimidate you. <laughs> Brilliant. So nothing inspirational. I'm not, not just... going to hurt you unless you made a favour just to rock side paper scissors in their jokes. Anyway. Uh, anyway, I'll edit that bit out, shall I? No, keep that in. <laughs> have to deal Turns with... out I have because you've just listened to that. Bit. Um, okay, well, anyway, let's bring it round. You know, over 30 minutes in, let's bring it round to mental health, shall we? Yeah, why Which not? Is what we talk about. Why Live, not? You know, thinking outside the box. I mean, I'd rather talk... let's do movie quotes for one of them, but yeah. I'm sure we'll come back to some Are we quotes. ever going to start our movie podcast? What? Um, the, the box, box office. office. I think, well, now we can go and see movies again. Perhaps we should. But, I mean... I'm Let so... us know if you're interested in uh, in the separate podcast as well called The Box Office, where we talk movies. <laughs> All things movies. movies. Favourite flavours of popcorn, things like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't imagine anyone will want to listen to us chatting shit about another topic. <laughs> Do you, think, do you think if we did a movie podcast, we'd keep interjecting and segueing into mental health in the same Ooh. way that in our mental health podcast, we interject and talk about movies all the time? Maybe. Maybe. Anyway. Where so are we now? On your list? It, on my list, we're, we're about halfway there. No, <laughs> to be fair, the second half always goes a bit quicker as we realise that we've waffled for the first half of the podcast. Um, so this is, okay, the thing that I wanted to mention, pe- the thing where people most doubt they can change. Yes. Yeah. Because um, this is really for me why I, I thought, yeah, let's do this topic. Can we really change? Because for me, I deal with that objection, if you like, mm. that um, that questioning, the self questioning that we do yeah. all the time. People come to me with depression, with anxiety, and that's the thing that they tend to own as part of who they. Oh, it's just me. Yeah, it's just yeah. the way I am. Yeah? yeah, because there's some perception almost like it's genetic or it's hereditary or it's just I was born this way. Yeah, mm. and and I see Ooh, this all the time. <laughs> but but here's the thing what what this means to me when I'm working with somebody right yeah. we have upgraded and changed thousands and thousands of times in our life we've done it very naturally the example I always use is when we're a baby and we're crawling around the floor and then we work out how to walk on two feet and we're like hang on this is easier on the knees I think I might do this from now on um, and we just we just change I'm certain that's not the baby's motivation this is easier that's exactly on the knees. what's going through the baby's mind it's like oh, less oh my arthritis <laughs> yeah the older version of me will thank me for choosing to walk on two feet now um, but anyway that's that's basically you know that's the that's the mechanics there we find a better way of doing something we, we do, do it better way, yeah, or we find yeah. a better thing to do even you know but there are those things where we we disqualify us from the option of doing that by simply assuming this is who we are. Mm. Now, what I mean by this is that, you know, version A of you to version B of you, that journey is normally automatic. Yes. The reason we get stuck the way we are without being able to upgrade in a way that we want to, such as I am now in control of my anxiety or I am no longer depressed or something like that, is because we have these things that I would refer to as barriers. Yeah. The things that block our path from A to B. 
and they take the form of subconscious objections. Okay. Reasons why a bit of your mind is saying, you know what, that looks amazing. That would be a much better life. But unfortunately, I can't have it because of this particular thing that's true. Mm. Yeah. So it could be, oh, because we would learn to fear this thing because mum and dad feared it or yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, or there yeah. was this experience which taught me about this and that, you know. But one of the most common ones is the idea that, of course, I can't just be free of depression because I have depression. Yeah. I am depressed. It's like my identity. Yeah. That idea that change isn't possible is what stops our mind from contemplating and strategizing coming out the other side of that particular pattern of thought and response. Do you mm. see what I mean? I do. It, yeah, it kind of reminds me. This, this might make it sound really trivial, but mm. you'll just have to bear with me. Um, obviously, I've had... My hair is currently uh, a darker auburn red. Instantly sounds trivial, but yes, Hear let's me go out. for it. No, it, gets, it gets better, it gets better. I've had my hair all colours, literally blonde, black, blue, green, red, purple, all of it, right? Really green? Mm-hmm. I missed that. No, you, you didn't know me. You didn't You didn't know me when I had full blue hair either. You didn't even know I had like blue on the ends. But I had like full blue hair. I got suspended from school. Uh, so, I did on. not know you hang then. On. You're absolutely right. Hang on. Funny story. So I was in uh, the Hazlitt Youth Theatre um, mm. and uh, we did a performance of Hair um, which we didn't do naked. I just I want to point say, out because we were like 12. I know, it was ridiculous. Um, and it, we all had to have like funky colours in our hair, obviously, because mm. it was meant to be the 70s, 60s, something like that. 70s it Se- is. 70s. And, um, and I used this blue stuff that my mum had got and it was meant to be um, like wash in, wash out. Mm. Like seven washes later, my hair's still bright blue. Oh, wow. And it was like, what are we going to do? Um, and I went to school and, uh, and yeah, they suspended me until blue came out, which was like two weeks. Amazing. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I've had my hair all sorts of colours. And the amount of times, and obviously it's, it's, it's always been women, it's not been men, because I think I don't think men would say this sort of thing to me, but mm. the amount of times over the years I've had women where I've been in shops or have passed me say mm. things like, oh my God, I love your hair. And I would say, thank you so much. Yeah. And they'd be like, I'd love to have my hair X colour. Mm. Oh, but I just I just couldn't. I just, mm. I yeah, just couldn't. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's all of a sudden, it wasn't because... Like of my professional job, mm. which I think is bullshit mm. anyway. By the way, hair color doesn't stop you doing a job. No. Um, not because of like you know X Y Z, but just because oh no, I couldn't. Yeah, I or they'll say I, I haven't. I'm not confident enough. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the thing would be then. Okay, what do you need to do to get more confidence? to improve your confidence? Which we spoke about in our confidence podcast. If you missed that, do check it out. That's a very very good episode. Oh, nice plug for another episode. Um, <laughs> but it's that thing of people think they can't possibly. Yeah, this change. is how this is how I am, rather yes. than simply the way I'm what the way I'm doing things at the moment. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Like um, this is on the barcode written underneath my skin, rather. Yeah, than just and, and that's such a that's a horrible state of affairs to get stuck in, you know. And I get it because people will say, oh, well, you know, my my mum and dad were depressed so that's why I'm depressed because it's in my genes yeah and you know the genetic coding doesn't decide on your mood or your state from moment to moment you know even uh, so there's uh, there's a lot of research into this and there is a vague theorized suggestion that there is a genetic component to depression and anxiety however as with all social sciences, you know, when we're observing behaviour and response and feelings, it's hella sketchy <laughs> because there's no way of doing a control experiment. No. You know, if we if we take two people and administer the you know different drugs, we can see the different responses in them. But when it comes to our emotional well being, yeah. we all have this massively complicated journey of experiences yes. that we can't possibly 
then say, right, so we are now starting on a level playing field with yeah. the, you know, and, and the thing here is as a, as a change worker, if you like myself, somebody that oh, helps people, nice. well, you know, that's a term we sometimes use in the industry um, <laughs> when we want to be super vague about it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I know that the source of most people's, you know, that 99.9% revenue that's going on with people yeah. is what they've learned. So, uh, well, this is what I was about to say. So if you're growing up with, with a parent who is that way, precisely you yeah. are learning that outlook on life yeah? yeah so there's we like consistency as yes. human beings we like to be able to rely on certain things so that when I put my foot outside the bed in the morning it will go down rather than up to the ceiling you know that sort of thing um, as a result what we do is we we create what we believe reality to be we're learning we're sponging things up when we're younger yeah. imagine if the first thing we were ever taught by our parents that the world is a dark and bad place yeah. and and a depressive outlook is the norm yeah then of course we're not going to deliberately adopt that approach but we certainly will naturally adopt that approach yes. because we're growing up within a depressive environment by the same token most people that have suffered high anxiety levels can normally cite one of their parents being terribly anxious oh, really? as they were growing up because they witnessed the person that was looking after them being in some way concerned about safety and well-being all yeah. the time. So it's almost like we learn, well, I need to be concerned all the time. I need to be monitoring for what I need to be anxious about next because that's how we do life. You mm. know? And, it, and it happens so much. And then we assume, of course, oh, well, that's what it is. It's, it's my genes. It's passed yeah, down in my genes. Yeah. When really our responses are to such a great degree, like to the point where anything outside of learnt responses is nominal, is, is barely worth factoring in. It's mm. everything that we've learnt as we've gone through life, you know. But Go on. we can change those things. We can change those things. That's the, yeah, that's probably where I should have finished <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, well, that's depressing. Yeah. Yeah, they're really stuck this way. But this thing, it's like our, our burden, if you like, is our parents' beliefs and outlook mm. because they teach us everything about life as we grow up. You know, our foot, we're a blank page when we're born and we get written on by parents displaying certain attitudes. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I've, I know I've said it before, I have... I have a multitude, I have a whole book of a thousand and one reasons of why I will never be a parent. Um, I, I like sleep, I like money, I like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not up for it, but that's one of them. Mm. Like I'm like, I'm barely mentally stable as it is. Like yeah, the last yeah. thing I want to do is be responsible for someone's therapy in 18 years. Well, this is the thing. It's like parents, they want to, oh, well, I'm going to tell my kids this. I'm going to teach them this. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but the things you say to them is like 1% of what they're learning. <laughs> and what you're actually doing and the attitude you're displaying is yeah. the other 99%. So interestingly about saying, um, saying, you know, about learned behavior versus sort of genetics and everything, you know, mm. I've... I've suffered with depression. Um, I know where mine comes from. I know what mine is. Yeah. Fine. Um, I did not come from a household where anyone was uh, depressed no. or anxious or anything. I, I, it was completely opposite. It was like, you know, you can do what you mm. want. The world's as big as your oyster. Go for yeah. it kind of thing. But it was only years and years later. You've said, can I just say, you've said that <laughs> phrase again that we need to just let people know we do realise is wrong. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we, we talked about this the other day. So... We, we know the saying is the world's your oyster, yeah. But we we remember seeing an episode of The Apprentice where one of the candidates used the phrase "the world's as big as my oyster," yeah. and and now we just say it like that. So it's not that. <laughs> it's 
not that we're stupid. Yeah, but anyway, so carry on, sorry. I, yeah. I just had to qualify that before, but, you know, I couldn't let it go. I know it's not the world's biggest risk. I know that, but I like it and I prefer it. It's like from the get-go. Do you, you think know? one day everyone will just say it that way and they've forgotten? I'm really hoping so. Yeah. Um, but I learned years later from a friend of my mum's that when uh, my mum was in her sort of her 20s and her 30s, um, and her 40s actually, she suffered very badly with depression. Mm. Um, but I know this is because my mother had quite a traumatic life. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I won't go into detail of, but I know there are things in my mum's life around that time would have, mm. which would have absolutely, mm. absolutely given her a reason to be depressed. Well, this is it. And I'm, and I'm not, what I'm saying is, I guess, is that I didn't then think, oh, gasp, my mum was depressed. I'm depressed. Yeah. That must mean it's genetic. Well, also, because you, you had a very understandable origin to your depression and, yeah. and that outlook. It wasn't, yeah. you know, there was there was much, uh, much more uh, likely prime suspects as to why you were depressed than, oh, it must be in my genes. Mm. You know, there, there's, in my experience, there's always an origin. And this is, I'm not saying everyone that's depressed has had a depressed parent either no. in terms of they've had that demonstrated. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying there's always a reason, you know, and, yeah. and the reason in my experience, bearing in mind, well, I've said this on the depression podcast we were talking about. I've asked every client I've seen in the last 10 years, have you ever suffered with depression? And then if they've said yes, I followed up with, tell me about that. Yeah. As in, you know, just when was that? What were you going through? Yeah. Not like, give me your whole history. No, it's like, no, it's no. like almost a, a 20 second, 30 yeah. second inquiry. And it's never taken longer than 20 or 30 seconds to realise why they went through depression. Yeah. And it's never because it was in your genes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's never. And this is why change is possible. Yes. Because if we've learned something in at this time, we can learn something more productive and more effective for us in a later time. Absolutely. We can override that program. That's what we're, you know, as human beings, we change all the time. Yeah. And you can see this. This is, the, this is one of the great things about social media <laughs> is that, you know, Facebook or Instagram will say, so a year ago, you were here doing this with this person. <laughs> yeah. And it might just spark memories about conversations we had on that day when we see the picture of us with our friend or with our relative. Yeah. And then we realize instantly, oh God, yeah, I was thinking that way then, wasn't yeah, I? Yeah. And even in this short amount of time, I seem to have changed so much. Yes. Yeah, because we see it all the time. We see that A and B version of us and we can recognize the changes we've made. So just because they're happening incrementally and, and bit by bit, because we're living our lives moment to moment, doesn't mean they're not happening. All, all we suggest, I suppose, all that I'm suggesting with my clients is that, well, let's take an active role in deciding what changes happen to us in the future. Yes. Rather than just letting the world, the world and, and life decide, yeah, decide for us, you know? Exactly that. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is, this, I guess this is the message of the, of the podcast. Certainly it's the message I would like to get across here is that change is possible and change is in fact inevitable hmm. yeah um so some of the change i want to talk about some of the changes i've made oh, very nice. yeah you know well i thought bring it back to personal element you know why, why not, not? while well, we're here because yeah. it's, it's our <laughs> podcast what the hell um so obviously the big change that i made you were talking about getting the other side of, of your depression and things like that well getting you know <laughs> oh god we're, we're gonna do a deep, di a deep dive into what how we view mental states well now. like I said I used to think that my goal was to get the other side of depression and now I don't think it's that I mm. think it's more you know being in a comfortable place sort of I don't know it's hard to explain I, mm. I can't quantify it but anyway I think being on the other side of it 
I think is a phrase that I used to use that maybe doesn't doesn't help me as much as it as it used to. It puts pressure on me. I think, yeah, I, I, I accept that it puts also because you have people that that follow you mm. for mental health advice. Mm. Yeah. So when you're feeling rough, there's a bit of you that says, I'm letting these people down now because I'm not doing yeah. well enough to be able to guide them. But then I realised me talking about the rough patches yeah, yeah, yeah. actually helps people a yeah. lot as well. So. But the thing I would suggest mm. is that when I talk about you being the other side of depression, mm. I talk about what you went through yeah, during yeah. the loss of your mum. Yeah. yeah. Now, everything that was going on with you at that time was perpetuated by the harsh truth about the loss of your mum. I don't want to. I feel like I'm in a therapy session. Yeah, I know. This is. I'm like. And how Go back to what you're saying. Anyway, I will in a second. Oh, it'd be unlike us to drift off topic, wouldn't it? Um, but but that's the point. Is that you you managed to qualify that, yes. and you managed to work through that, that incident bit. in your life. Yeah, Doesn't yeah. mean that we're not going to have depressive elements in the future. Yeah. But this is the point that I'm always making. It's not because oh, I'm a depressive, I no, have depression, yeah. I have this illness. It's because, yeah, you know what? Life doesn't stop happening. Yeah. Life doesn't stop throwing us unexpected things that we've got to deal with. Yeah. You know, and I know that I've been through things recently, especially with the lockdown and everything, mm. where I felt like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm drifting into a, a negative thinking space now. I've got to do some work to get out of this, you yeah. know, because it's really easy to kind of neglect your mental health. In terms of, in the same way that we might neglect our physical health by, you know what, I've had too many McDonald's this week or something like that. <laughs> um, to be fair, one McDonald's is probably too many. Um, but you can do the same with your mental health by yeah. not by not safeguarding your self-care and things like that. Absolutely. But anyway, coming back to changes that I feel I've made, anxiety yes. is, is one of the things I suffered a lot. As we, you know, if you've heard episode five of our podcast, you will hear my story through social anxiety. Um, it doesn't mean... In the future, I don't at times feel anxious in social environments yeah. if it's a pressure situation. Or because blue that's, water. But blue water, yes, yeah, surrounded <laughs> by people going the wrong way against the arrows, <laughs> um, which I think is more annoying. Than <laughs> um, but anyway, so you know, there's, so being able to get the other side of that particular phase of my life and, yes. and upgrade my responses, that was a change I was I was really pleased to have been yeah. able to make. Um, another thing that I, I had was a fear of confrontation, which I think was a slight hangover, a slight sort of um, a, 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 a part of the Venn diagram. It's a little subset <laughs> of, the, of the social anxiety. But I, I recognised that um, it's what my friend uh, Nicole Mazzucato would call collateral healing, oh, no. which is the work that we did on one thing yeah. enabled us to bounce on to making other changes quite quite freely. Yeah. Um, and being able to get rid of any potential fear of confrontation, which yeah. which was the sort of fear where I would have massive pounding heart and have to remove myself from any situation. Mm. And I would also find myself being very, uh, what would you call it? predicting potential confrontations in the future a lot and trying to avoid them were you like, having arguments with yourself in the shower absolutely you know <laughs> everyone you think, does that but, but this is the thing but yeah. that would then stop me having any conversation with that right, particular okay. person in yeah. case it went that way you know so to be able to then experience a confrontation yes and be able to handle it calmly yeah was like huh wow that's changed yeah, that's completely yeah, yeah. different to how I was you know um, and that change probably happened well before you even noticed it. As well. Exactly, yeah. And it was literally later on that I was then in that situation where I was like, okay, mm. that now seems like that's behind me, you know. Yeah. And this is the thing: people saying, "When's that moment of change? When do we get there?" It's hard to pinpoint it because normally yeah. we notice it later on down the line. Yes, you know, absolutely. When we're, when we're in that triggering situation again, <laughs> yeah. Um, and probably the last one I, I thought of to mention on this podcast, um, I have much better patience now. 
than I used to have. Why are you looking at that? Uh, because I, I get this particular change tested regularly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were looking at me because you're like, and I'm looking at the most impatient woman in the world. <laughs> to be I fair, I might well be, you know, Mrs. No, I have to do it yesterday. But you know what? I'm not impatient in the terms of like, you know, like, like if a parcel arrives, I don't stop everything so I can rip it open. Like I think everything has a, has a time and a place, but I'm very much like, well, if I want to do something, I'll just do it. Yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. That's, but the, the thing that I've noticed is that we are both mm. very patient in terms of like managing temper. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think there was a moment when we first got together and I remember saying to you, okay, I'll change that. Yeah. Because yeah. we, I think we, we don't row much to be fair. We, we don't. We barely, we barely have any sort of cross words. But I think that's maybe because very early on, we learned how much each other despises rowing. Yes. Uh, and it, I remember thinking, like having an, a disagreement with you. And me doing what I would have done in previous relationships was starting to raise my voice and getting a little bit angry because I think I'm going to have to raise my voice now to be heard. <laughs> and you would just, you weren't doing it. And I was like, well, why aren't you rowing with me? <laughs> I don't like this. I'm not going to do it. I'm not yeah. going to participate in this. <laughs> and I, I honestly, I realised, right, oh, that's great. That's, that's what I want. Yeah, so yeah. why would I perpetuate this response just because it was how I had to be in old relationships to exactly. go into combat or something? You know what I mean? No, yeah. I don't. I don't. I, I learned that from my mum. I don't row. Like, mm. I'll, I'll say a thing and then I'll just get quiet and I'll be like, are you finished? <laughs> Are you done? Oh, that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know um, that from my mother. <laughs> but honestly, that's the thing that I, yeah. I really, you know, so, and this is the, I'm, I'm what, 48 years old now. Um, and when we met, I it's was. close to a bus pass, ladies uh, and gents. Well, uh, closer than you. I'll go <laughs> that, yeah. Um, but, you know, this is me making a change in my 40s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a lot of times people will say, well, I've been this way for so long. Surely mm. it's too late to change now mm. um and you know yeah if you really want to double down on the side of you that you recognize isn't the best then go for it yeah, yeah. you can all you've Seems always like got a the weird option. thing to hold on to well yeah. exactly why do we why do we cling so so aggressively to the thing that causes us the most pain you know mm. um i'm i'm always up for learning that i've been doing it wrong because yeah. it's like you know at some point that was probably so yeah you know what well, you even said to me about like you know feminist issues yeah that you've learned a lot from me just yeah. in passing not even like a mm. right let's sit down and I'll give you this education no, just exactly. the things I've said and because you 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 get influenced by the people around you Absolutely. and I'm invested in being the best version of me that makes this marriage work to its most effective mm. um, and and I'm the reason we're together is because I recognize that's not like I've got to make vast changes either mm. that's just all I'm doing is enhancing the side of me that I really like anyway yeah you know and Trying to be the best, as I say, the best version of me I can be. No, and I think you're amazing. Oh, thanks, darling. I think you're amazing too. <laughs> um, which sounds like a perfect uh, place to end the podcast, if I'm honest. While we're while we're agreeing with each other. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's final thoughts. Final thoughts. You know what? I, I guess we we knew what we were going to say before we started this podcast. In as much as yeah, you know what? People can change. Yes. Uh, if they want to. Exactly that. Um, and and yeah, you know what? You might be sitting there thinking. But what about these changes that would challenge my existence? Mm. Like, you know, if you're the anxious one in the group, everyone knows that. And that's who I am within my social sector. If you're, if you're that person that has a certain way of behaving that other people behave complementarily to, mm. um, it can be difficult to 
kind of, I don't know, contemplate change because it now challenges your social interactions, your work interactions, all that sort of thing. But just always remember, change is always going to be scary because mm. it is in some way a journey into the unknown. Yeah. But the scarier thing would be to never change and just stay exactly as we are right now. And there we go. And there we go. I do like that. Thank you. I think that was good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> okay. So where can people find us? Well, thank you very much for listening, guys. You can find us, as always, on Instagram. You can find me at Brit Marie Box. You can find Tim at Tim Box Mind Coach. Please do tag us. Let us know you're listening to the podcast. We love it when you guys post screenshots and tell us what you're doing when you're listening, whether you're going for a walk, whether you're doing the shopping, whatever you're doing. Let us know. Um, thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week with another topic. And keep thinking outside the box. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.